Would you please stand for the reading of God's word if you are able? I'll start out by reading from Psalm 89, and then Abby's going to take over. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant, I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. The heavens praise your wonders, Lord, your faithfulness, too, in the assembly of the holy ones. Um, I'm going to read from Luke 1, 46 to 55. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of my ser- of his servant. For now, on all generations, he, come, he will call me his servant. From, all, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. His, his is his... Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their most inner thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He is filled with hungry, he has filled the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Thank you, ladies. Have you ever thought about how you got here? And I don't mean just like getting in the car and like getting here today through the rain, but like what it took for you as an individual to get here For the Celtic Festival, I joined in with Bo and Pastor Mike and Morgan and got a kilt. And I've been brave enough to wear that outside before in places, and that always inspires questions of, well, is that your family kilt? Are you connected with them? No, I don't really know my Scottish heritage. The kilt that I have is specifically for clergy, so it's kind of a universal kilt you can wear. But it did get me thinking of just my family and where I've come from and kind of what what got me here today. And from some of the stories that I've heard, I know pieces of it would go like this. My mom and my dad would have to meet some random day at a roller rink, roller skating. And my dad would have had to decided that he was going to show off for this pretty lady that he saw at the roller rink. And he would have fallen and got her attention. Both my mom and dad had to have decided to break their parents' rule to not go to the movies. And they made the horrible decision to see the worst movie of all, Lady and the Tramp. My parents got married. They had my brother. They had my sister. And they decided that that was their family. And they took surgical procedures on my dad to ensure that that was all the family that they were going to have. 
Then 13 years later, my mom went to the doctor thinking that she had the flu. The doctor said, no, ma'am, you have this guy. (laughs) One of the singer-songwriters I enjoy, his name is John Craigie. He writes this in one of his songs. He says, just take a minute to realize all it took to make you. Your parents had to meet as random as that was and make a baby and give it your name. And all your ancestors had to do the same, exponentially backwards to the start of life. So much had to happen just exactly right. And if you really want to blow your mind, let's not just talk about like our families, but what brought us all here today, Sunday morning, worshiping together as a church family? What had to happen? We had to have Friends share stories with us, Sunday school teachers, family members who would share for us. And some people had to do that for centuries upon centuries, sharing the story of Christmas, of Jesus, of God, and through our Israelite ancestors to get us right here, each and every one of us. Somebody had to hold on to this story, to be faithful to it, to rejoice with it, amidst sometimes great and seemingly insurmountable odds. They had heard about God's faithfulness. Somebody had shared that with them. Somebody had shared how God had changed their life. And they decided to follow God and to follow Jesus because of hearing that story. And then they in turn would tell somebody else how God was faithful to them, how God had changed their life and how this story has an impact upon them. And to get here today so that we can read verses from the book of Psalms read by Linda, getting to Mary's song from the book of Luke read by Abby. We get to read these stories. We sing these songs celebrating Advent and Christmas every time it comes around each year because we the people are rejoicing together like the psalmist today, like Mary, because somebody chose to tell the story of God's faithfulness from generation to generation. And we're here today. And I was very intentional about asking Linda from one generation and Abby from another generation to read the verses today to show that we are God's family and he has brought us here because of his faithfulness. So the point today would be that in Advent during this time, we rejoice with these songs of God's great love, passing on the story of God's faithfulness to all generations so that they can rejoice with their new songs of God's great love. Today, again, in Advent, we rejoice with these songs of God's great love, passing on the story of God's faithfulness to all generations so that they can rejoice with new songs of God's great love. So first and foremost, we are shaped by the songs and the stories that we hear of God's love and God's past faithfulness. For me, one of the the biggest things I can remember was my grandma singing songs at home, singing hymns, singing in the car on the way home from church, kind of constantly reminding me of God's story and how much she loved God and what that meant for her. And I don't know if you can remember the first Christmas carol that really hit you. Like, oh, this, this makes sense. For me, and I don't know, this might be the case for many kids, it was the little drummer boy. And realizing as I listened to the story that, oh, that, that's a kid. 
And he's offering what he has to Jesus. And as a kid, I, I can do that too. I don't have to do big, grand things. But I can share out of what, what I have. So in, as we sing those songs, as we hear that, and it's repeated in our life, we're singing those familiar songs that ground us in God's past faithfulness. Sometimes we sing carols like we're doing during this season. Or other times we might sing songs like this one on the video that's about to be shown to you. Come thou fount, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. When we sing those songs, we express God's faithfulness from generation to generation, building upon the stories that have been told to us and the songs that have been sung. The psalmist today opens up by singing about God's faithfulness and sharing how that faithfulness has passed from generation to generation. The psalmist writes, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. The psalmist is declaring that this story needs to be told forever. And if you actually read through the rest of the psalm, the psalmist is wrestling because he's in a time when God's promises seem to not be coming true. The Israelites have been ushered off into captivity into Babylon, and the psalmist appeals to the promise that was given to King David back in the book of 2 Samuel. And that promise, if you look in 2 Samuel chapter 7, says, The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you, Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. This was the promise that was given to King David by God, saying that your throne will be established forever. In the year 587 BC, the Babylonian kingdom stormed into Jerusalem, burned down its walls and gates, and burned down the temple. Really, God? Your throne's going to be established forever as Jerusalem is burning to the ground? Did you forget your promises? As the Israelites are being ushered into captivity in Babylon, why are we not in the place that you said we would be living forever? Why are we not in the promised land? And in captivity, I'm sure it was very tempting for them to just give up on God. Let it go. God, you, you failed us. Your promises are not true. But what's really interesting is that's not what they did. 
Some did, sure. But a lot of them didn't. Something unique happened. In captivity, they went back to the Bible. They read the stories again and again. They sang the songs and the psalms again and again, believing and pleading, God, you are faithful even when it looks like you're not. This psalmist in Psalm 89, the prophet Jeremiah, as he's writing the book of Lamentations, watching Jerusalem burn to the ground. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. His mercies are new every morning. And then even in captivity, we hear the story of, the, of Esther, a Jew in Persia, finding an opportunity to sing her song to save her people and to find a way to work even amidst great trial. And we get the stories of Ezra and Nehemiah coming back to the promised land Rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, rebuilding the temple, clinging to the hope that God is going to remain faithful regardless of the situation we find ourselves in. Being affected and moved by the songs and the stories in their past. Even in Mary's song that we looked at today, she looks to the past and recalls an even older covenant and promise that God had made to Abraham. Mary sings that we are to remember to be merciful, that she wants God to remember to be merciful as he was to Abraham and his descendants forever. If you go back to the book of Genesis chapter 12, God makes this promise to Abraham. He says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Mary goes back to Abraham's covenant because it wasn't just for a specific people at a certain time. She says she's appealing to that because God had promised to bless all people, all nations through Abraham. And she is seeing that begin to be worked out in her own life as God has shown up to be faithful. So as we continue to tell the story, to sing the songs and rejoice in God's faithfulness that we've heard from the past and the stories from the generations before us, it reminds us and can uplift us when times are hard. God hasn't given up on his promises, his covenants, and his people. Both the psalmist and Mary here are looking to the past, standing on what has come before, the stories that they've heard and the songs that they've sang, to keep them focused and reminded of God's faithfulness in every circumstance. So in Advent, we rejoice with these songs of God's great love that we've heard in the past, passing on the story of God's faithfulness to all generations, but really it shouldn't end there. We, we like to sing these songs. They're great. They're awesome reminders. But if we just keep repeating the same old stories over and over again, it doesn't become personal. It doesn't become part of our story. What we need to do is to take our own story and see that as part of what God is doing in the world. To sing our own songs, to add our own unique song to what's being told. That's what Mary does. Because we've heard of the song, past songs of God's faithfulness, we can sing and rejoice with these new songs grounded on what has come before and formed by our current context. Like I said, Mary is the example of that today. She takes these songs that she's heard in the past and applies it to how God is working in her life at that moment. In all the previous covenants, when we look back, God's promises came through people who were in really unlikely and uncertain and seemingly unworkable circumstances. 
Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. But at the time when he was given that promise, he was old, had no children. Abraham had to remain focused on God and God's faithfulness to come through. David, God makes a promise to David, but David was the youngest son. David was a shepherd. David made some pretty poor decisions as the king. Yet God remained faithful in the midst of that, and God's people remained faithful in that. And now for Mary, an unmarried, young, surprisingly pregnant woman, probably the most unlikely of unlikeliest circumstances, it seemed, for God to be able to work in that. Yet Mary sees herself, connects herself to this long line of God's continual faithfulness in every circumstance. She knows she is blessed by God even amidst seemingly unworkable circumstances. She holds on to the past faithfulness of God, rejoicing with God even amidst what seems like impossible odds. Mary sings her new song, not just a song that she heard repeated over and over again, but she takes it as part of her own life and works it in a way that applies to how God is working in her life. One of the commentators I read said that Mary is expressing an understanding of God's word that is experienced, tested, and felt. Not just repeated, not just words on paper, but words that have been experienced by Mary, tested by her life, and felt in the deepest parts of her heart because she knows that God is going to be faithful. And Mary recalls here the promises to Abraham, to David, and we know that through Christ and through Mary, these promises are going to be fulfilled. They haven't been abandoned. God has not abandoned his people, but God shows up here in an unexpected place, through an unexpected person, and at an unexpected time. Mary sees herself in that long line of people who have remained faithful to God and to God's faithfulness in spite of the circumstances. The songs that Mary has pulled from are are numerous in Scripture. Some examples are Psalm 89, Psalm 107, Psalm 113, and even going all the way back to Hannah, who was the mother of the prophet Samuel in the book of 1 Samuel. Mary's song echoes much of what that mother, Mother Hannah, said as well. Mary builds on these foundations and the stories and songs that she's heard before, continuing to carry on the story of God's rejoicing and God's faithfulness, even in her own context. Rejoicing and praising for what God is doing right now. Glorifying God right now, how God is proving to be faithful in her present moment. One of the ways that we do this in our family, taking these stories and songs and the foundations of God's faithfulness and how we have built on that in our family is December 10th. We just honored this day. December 10th is our family day. And what happened on December 10th a few years ago was my wife found out that at 20 weeks pregnant with our second daughter that she had passed away in Courtney's womb. Like, whoa, this feels not right. This, This wasn't part of the plan, God. We had one nice, healthy daughter. Why aren't we having a second nice and healthy daughter? And in the midst of that dark and trying time, we stood on the promises that God had given to us, that God would remain faithful. And some of the ways that we reminded ourselves was that was just in the name that we gave her. We called her Zoe Grace. 
Zoe comes from the Greek word meaning life, because we knew that life was ultimately a gift from God. And that at the end, we believed that we would hmm, see her again when God would raise us all to new life in the resurrection. Her middle name, we gave her Grace, because we both looked at each other and agreed that we need a lot of grace right now. And we need her to be a reminder of that in our life. And so we decided that on the day that we gave birth to her on December 10th, that that was going to be family day. And we would go to San Francisco every day, every year, where we had scattered her ashes to remind ourselves that this, this is our family. This is what's important to us. God continues to remain faithful to our family, even amidst dark circumstances, it seems like. And that becomes part of our story and the new song that we sing out of our own experience, out of our own life, and that we get to share that story with others. During that time, I had a bit of a blog that I wrote on the internet. I was a bit of a writer back then, and it kind of helped me work through some of the stuff. And it was during Advent, so I was writing stuff connected to Advent. But one of the blogs said this, I said, because Zoe is not with us, that does not mean we live as if she never entered our lives. She is now an important and necessary part of our story. So we move forward with our new family into a new life. One thing my wife has been saying during this time is that we cannot treat our time with Zoe as a never mind. She was not a mistake. This was not an accident. And there are no apologies to make. We have welcomed her as our daughter and felt her passing as deeply as any other family member. And we are moving forward as a family into a new life, as a new people, into a new part of our story. And we thank God for her because she's a part of our family and we get to share that story. We believe that we have heard and stood on the stories and songs of the past and that we get to tell that story to everybody that we can, passing on the story of God's faithfulness not only to us but to all generations so that they can rejoice with their new songs of God's great love. So what are some ways that you can do this in your own life? Well, first of all, I would encourage you to listen. Listen to somebody's story. We have a spread of generations here. Hear the stories of what has brought them here today, what has brought them to this church, what has brought them to faith in Jesus. How did they get here? And then we can all continue to sing a new song like Mary built on the foundation of those previous generations, even amidst seemingly unlikely places. I had this opportunity in Sacramento to go see a band at a place called The Boardwalk, Now, the boardwalk is basically half bar on one side and half place to listen to bands and music on the other. And there was a Christian band that was going to be there that night, so I wanted to go listen to them. And it was one of the most unlikely places to hear Christian music. But this is one of the songs that they did. Can you play that video for me?
theme song. Sung by a completely different generation in a completely different way. But still singing the song of God's faithfulness in a dark, smelly bar. (laughs) Raising their hands in worship together. This is what we get to do in Christmas. This is what we get to do every time we sing the songs and share the story and light the candles. We pass it on to another generation and say, yes, this is a part of your history. Now go tell your story. Sing your song. And I think the big question is, what can we, how can we as a church sing a new song? This past year has been immensely hard. And there's lots of things that we can grieve and things that we have lost. But there is an opportunity for us to sing a new song built on the foundations of the people who have come before us. Like Linda, who we've honored as a seasoned member today. And all the things that we've learned from her and how she is the foundation of this church that gives us opportunity to build and sing new things. What stories and songs lie ahead for us to sing and tell? One of the early church fathers, uh, St. Augustine, writes, Be of good cheer, because he who promised will fulfill all, as he has fulfilled much. For it is not our own merit, but his mercy that gives us confidence in him. During Christmas and Advent, we read and tell these stories again and again because we know that the God who promised is faithful. He will fulfill all as he has fulfilled much. And thankfully, it's not because of anything we can do. It's only because of God's great mercy and faithfulness. It's God's great mercy and faithfulness that we read and sing about that gives us confidence yet again here in Advent to sing to sing the old familiar carols, to tell the old stories, but also to add our own stories to the mix, like Mary does. Like some of the testimonies that we've heard and stories from families during the Advent candles, we get to add our stories along with the psalmist, along with Mary, and that we can rejoice together in this season by the generations that have come before us. So hopefully you've heard and understood today that during this time in Advent, we rejoice with the songs of God's great love, passing on the story of God's faithfulness to all generations so that they can rejoice with their new songs of God's great love. Amen. For Christ is born of man. 
gathered all above While mortals sleep the angels Their watch of wandering love Oh morning stars together Proclaim the Blessings of his hand. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. Cast 